welcome back for episode 56 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 19th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have someone we're hoping is feeling better, Mel. How's it going, Mel? Did you get any chance to uh, play any trials this uh, weekend? I, I didn't. I've I've been super busy lately. Like I've been catching up on a bunch. Of, I had like two shows back to back. So then like all my Patreon stuff got backlogged. So I've been trying to catch up on that and then the shows and then I wasn't feeling well last week. So destiny, unfortunately was in the bottom of the tonal pole of priorities. Oh, yeah. So I, so I wasn't able to get any trials in and it doesn't help that like our, one of our like integral members of our trials team has been away for two weeks on vacation. So the week before I tried it with just some of our other people in our clan that we don't really jive well with. <laughs> and um, I surprised controllers weren't broken. So, but um, we finished the raid. So that was good. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, so. we're, we're also pleased to have with us finally a friend of ours who actually we met over the topic of tonight's chat, Bo Amos. Bo, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How are y'all? We're doing we're doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited to finally get you on here. Um, we're glad to have you with us at last. Uh, well, real quick, can you tell us where people can find you? And just like a real basic, what got you interested in the whole lore community? Um, they can find me everywhere it's the same username bo5 actually it's pronounced bohemis not bohemis all right well i'm i'm never for sounds <laughs> you can call me bo but it's bo5 a m i s uh, twitter youtube or twitch and um i started uh, destiny's lore i think i started read, reading the grimoire in December 2014, and I just started get, getting deep this year. Um, is it January? I think January this year. That's awesome. Because I remember, I remember when we first connected with you. I think it was for the Thorn video, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that the first? So yeah. I think that's. I think it's awesome it's that the, we. The th- the the thorn video was the first video I did on YouTube. Oh, I think that's I think it's it's amazing that not only do we finally get you on here, but we get you on here for the um, episode that we're talking okay. about the up, updates on Thorn. I think that I thought that was really cool. So obviously, the topic of today's chat is going to be an update to the story of Thorn and Dredgenior. And the Dredgens in general, something we touched back on way, way, way back on episodes 19 and 23. Before we get into that, however, we do have a few housekeeping notes I want to run through. In our last chat, we took a look at the new lore of the Lords of Iron. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our various other pages. 
If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Our next chat's going to be a discussion on uh, something of an enigma. The community actually did it, folks. They came together and voted yes to the top. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? Well... You'll just need to keep an eye out on Twitter and tune in next week to find out. That being said, this Friday is going to be our one-year anniversary as a podcast, which is another huge milestone that we're ecstatic to share with everyone here in the Focus Fire community. Please be sure to stick around to the end of the show tonight for a special treat from a close friend of ours, Dustin. And with that... Let's go ahead and dive into the new information that we have on Thorn and Dredgen Yore. Okay, so the first one we have is a ghost fragment from Cathedral of Dusk, and uh, there's a bunch of text at the top of it, but it's basically a post-match report. Um, the parties, it's going to be a transcript, and the two parties are two guardians. One's a titan, and one's a hunter. Um, they also are saying that the ones that are being talking for sure is uh, Val Dredgen, a.k.a. Orsaya Bayer, and Yor, and then Dredgen. So I know that's really confusing, but here's the transcript. So it's uh, 101 is the first person, and then 201 is the second person. Um, So here we go. Thorn, huh? Second person. Freshly crafted, you like? A little risky playing with something that's been known to kill guardians, isn't it? Look where we are. Everything in the system has been known to kill guardians. Sure, but there's facing trouble and there's asking for it. There isn't like the stories we've heard about, Yor. Vale figured this out. Tamed it. Can you tame a sickness? Good question. Let's go pick a fight and find out. So uh, it sounds like here they're just um, one of the guardians is using Thorn and they're talking about like, that's a little risky to be using that. Like, why are you using this in Crucible? Well, so, and, that's, uh, <laughs> and that's the thing is like, this is this is an awesome uh, congruence of events because they are basically putting the the overwhelming presence of Thorn in the Crucible. They're putting that into the lore. So mm-hmm. this isn't this is uh we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later with the other cards but this is actually a a copy of Thorn that they're using. Yeah, this is, I this was is just a, going to say that. It's, it's a fresh newly crafted yeah, yeah. freshly crafted Thorn. So, so it's uh it's it's actually they know something know how to replicate it right yep, now so. Yep. They they have actually replicated the process and they are now manufacturing thorns. And this is this is interesting because up to this point, 
you know, Thorn has always been that one of the two weapons of sorrow that we've talked about, uh, Necrochasm being the other one. And it was always kind of the understanding that it was a, a one-of-a-kind weapon, which, you know, a lot of people outside of game have always been like, well, why, you know, how does that explain how everyone has one, blah, blah, blah. And this is actually, this is them taking the lore and crafting an explanation as to why every single guardian in the Crucible could technically have a thorn. And so then we also now know that there are other characters who take on the name of Dredgen, which uh, mm-hmm. we will we'll definitely get into that a bit, but it basically translates into Dredgen has, is a title. It's not a name, um, which was an awesome revelation for this for these cards because you know up and again up until this point we only had one we had Dredgen Yor so everyone just assumed Dredgen Yor was the you know his assumed name um you know what what have you but now we actually find out that no it's actually just Yor Yor is his assumed name and Dredgen is the best way that we could figure to explain it it's like Darth from the Star Wars it's a it's a title mm-hmm. um so yeah, it's it's uh, it's and adding. And could be actually another title. Mm-hmm. So, Dragon can be like a clan or like a cult. Right, right. Well, and we and we yeah, we'll talk about that as well with the shadows. The shadows of yours is uh, is their is their clan, and oh man, it's it's so. So good. So good. So um, the other the other point here is that the figure of Vale, Dredgen Vale, uh, who is also known as Zyre or whose name was Zyre Orsa and has now taken on the title of Dredgen Vale, um, has supposedly figured out how to tame a sickness, tame a corruption. And so, and, and you know, that whole... Did he actually... Did, yeah, did, did this actually happen? Well, they're going to go pick a fight and they're going to find out. So, I, I think I think these cards are really fun. But uh, do you guys... What, do you, what are your thoughts on that one, Bo? Um, uh, the, the word I stuck on was a new, a freshly crafted thorn. That's, that's, that's what, what um, I was thinking about most when I read that card. I think before we had we had these we had the thorn, but we had it from a, a bounty, and we didn't have the lore. We only had the last words, uh, old cards, the thorns, old cards, and we thought uh, that the thorn or thorn was only for one person, mm-hmm. or for your. But a newly crafted thorn. Now we know we know thorn is is not the thorn you're used to use. It's, right, right, uh, right, simmered down thorn, and we'll, we're going to talk about that because there's a there's you can kind of see that in the um, what is it the jagged purpose quest the year three thorn quest there's uh there's a few differences in the quest the new quest that I think kind of help explain why the thorn that we have is is different than the thorn that your wielded. So, should I read the next one? Yeah, let's jump right into the next card, which is... Do you have that one pulled up? Yeah, it's called uh, Ghost Fragments, the Cauldron. Type, post-match report, parties, one. Guardian type, class, warlock. 
Associations, Cauldron, The Crucible, Evan Gray, aka Dredgen Bane, Hive, Lord Chax, Moon. So, um, I think the Warlock is talking about Dredgen Bane and uh, Dredgen Bale using Thorn, and he mentions uh, Shadows of Yore, I think. So, yep. Yep. Um, he's saying we were facing a full squad. I recognized a couple of them, Orsa, Orsa and Tebin, but they were different, decked out in dark, dark gear and set to intimidate. I took it as an attempt at psychological warfare, up the creep factor in a creepy place, but it's more than that. They had changed. And that's it. So this one, this one is... Uh... It, it, well, because this is also the one that confirms that the Shadows of Yore is kind of a, an association of, I guess, a lot of people have started taking to calling them the fanboys of, of Yore, um, mm-hmm. which they kind of are. Um, and so, but this is also confirmation again. Uh, Dredgen is no longer a single name. Um, and there is kind of a a dress code that is required apparently for to be a, to be a shadow, you know, you have to wear dark gear and, um, and obviously a lot of people who, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about a little bit of the, the, um, the approach that some of these, these shadows of your have within the crucible and a couple of the next cards, um, because it's, it's not necessarily, they're not necessarily going in for wins, and we'll we'll see that in a in I think the next card actually. But uh, Mel, what is what's your thoughts on? Um, I'm starting to wonder if they took Dredgen as like maybe Dredgen Yore was actually his name, and the Shadows of Yore is like, hey, let's take his first name and make it a title to to honor him. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I'm I mean, wondering that's if also possible. I'm wondering if that's what it is or if it's actually like a thing. And then Dredgen, Dredgen Yor that we know is just like one of Dredgen, one of many Dredgens like down the line. Like I, I hate to re- go back to Star Wars, but I'm starting to think like what happens if like, you know, like he he learned from another master, like there was another Dredgen X name, you know, and then he learned and he got passed down the information. There's on only ever team. two. Yeah, um, but obviously, <laughs> well, here we've only gotten two names I know, so I know, far I know. of the shadows of yours. So, I mean, I guess the rule of two could apply. <laughs> the here. rule of two apply. No, that I don't think. I don't. Oh man! But then um, that means like then and then then we're gonna start getting mocked up. Like we can't we can't throw Star Wars <laughs> into this because then the whole entire thing with Dredgen and 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 oh no no we're done. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of interesting to think of maybe if it's more if it's actually a legit title or if it's more of like oh my god Dredgen Yor he was so dreamy like oh my gosh we're gonna let's call him ourselves Dredgen and then make our have another name like 
I, I don't know. Especially <laughs> calling themselves the shadow of your like it, it really just gives me this this especially wearing black. It just reminds me of like those those the kids that go into like hot topic and they're like, oh yeah, we're totally part of a clan. <laughs> you know, like that's what I'm getting like imagine that when, like they take off their helmets and they're like, you know, wearing like these dark eyeliner and that black face paint that you can put on your guardian that are just kind of like super emo goth. Like <laughs> this is my head cannon now for them. Even though I'm trying like I really want to take them seriously, but the fact that they're like giving themselves titles and they call themselves the shadow of your like it just it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. It is if I if I saw them in the crucible and like you guys are you guys are tryhards, right? You guys are totally tryhards. Oh <laughs> anyway. I think you broke me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna <laughs> Oh my god! It just it's it just reminds me of the uh, the Twitter uh, the not depressed Darth but the emo Kylo. Oh my yeah. gosh! That's you know all what I it reminds think. me of? That's all I the can. The shadows think of, of your remind me of using South Park, right? Mm-hmm. You know the goth kids that the shadows of your are the goth kids of the oh Guardian universe. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh my god! Just let that sink in just a little bit. I can't because I won't be able to finish the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, what I was to gonna the- say <laughs> before before Mel broke me was um, Dredgen. Dredgen, your uh, we know means it's it's from a, a dead language we know from the ghost fragments. Uh, I think it was Ghost Fragment Thorn 4, and we find out that Dredgen Yor means the eternal abyss. So a lot of people have started thinking that Dredgen just means the eternal. And then you have names like Vale and Bang. Uh, vale, you know, it's kind of like a valley, a, a shadowed valley. Bane, obviously, is the bane of something. Uh, <laughs> so It fits. Gotcha, oh it fits. God. I'm done. <laughs> uh, do you want to go? Do you yeah. want to go to the next ghost fragment? Okay, let's go to ghost time fragment. Timekeeper. Um, this is another post-match report. The parties two. One guardian type is a hunter. The other guardian type is a titan. Uh, the association's crest. Um, I think this is important uh, for what we're going to say. Um, Crucible. Lord Shax is involved. Um, Orsa Zaire, aka Dredgen Val. Um, this is a primacy match on Timekeeper. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all the important information you need to know. So here is the transcript as follows. Never seen anything like it. Orsa, or Vale, whatever he calls himself, coming out on top wasn't even in his plans. He'd just drop us and leave our crest scattered around the combat zone. I don't think he collected one. Others didn't care. Figured it gave him give them a chance to pull the win, but I cared. Win or not, that kind of cocky ain't healthy. The next line is, I don't think cocky is the right word for it. So he, they're talking about how... Um, Vale, aka one of our wonderful goth kids, is going around and just in the crucible during the supremacy <laughs> matches, killing everyone and like not even picking up those crests. So he totally is not a team player. Um, so he's just going around trying to show that he is the biggest baddest, wielding his big thorn compensation gun. And um, 
yeah, and now the rest of the Guardians that are in this Crucible match are just like, are you serious? Are you serious? No. Well, and, you know, the other thing is, is those of us who have, well, I know for year one Thorn and my understanding, I haven't gotten the year three Thorn quest just yet, um, but I understand that this step is still in there. Uh, there's a there's a part in it which you have to, you know, kill guardians in the crucible. And so in the, now, obviously, this this veil has already um, gotten a thorn. So they're not like on the quest to to do that. But at the same time, it's that attitude of they were just concerned with the kills. They don't care about winning. You know, he yeah, just they're just feeding. Yeah, feeding. The they're just, well, yeah, exactly. Thorn is just, they're just feeding the, uh, the thorn. So, um, the other thing that I do want to point out here is Vale actually has, uh, in the associations, there's actually a little bit of a nuanced difference. And I know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to refer to these guys because they did an amazing job, um, but the Destiny Lorecast just had a lore uh, Lorecast on Thorn, and they did a really good job. Beta and Dragon and Mike, uh, I think Jared was their guest on that episode. But it was an amazing episode. If you guys haven't listened to that one, definitely go, definitely go check that one out. And they they also pointed this out. But I I was looking at the associations here. You'll notice here that. In this one, Dredgen Veil is in the secondary slot, whereas in the cards prior to that, Cathedral Dust and the Cauldron, Zyre Orsa was in the secondary. Um, and I and I didn't really, you know, I, I was like, oh, that's kind of an odd mix-up, but it might just be the way that the, the author of this card wrote it, obviously. But their point, and it's an interesting point that got me thinking, is that maybe this was also a transition point for Vale from you to, know, become, this, to become yeah, a dredgen. To become a because, dredgen, yeah. because yeah, now, now he, now he identifies, because at this point he's identifying as Zyre Orsa, whereas in Cathedral and Cauldron he is identifying as Vale, and then he was known as Zyre Orsa. So, do you think? Do you think it's possible that it's some type of requirement within the Shadows of Yore that you have to go into Crucible and like kill so many Guardians and and feed your fort? I think. I mean, I think it also just might be the nature of Thorn. You know, we know take it over, maybe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we know that it eats light. Um, I I thought you were going to go to another joke point where it says that they're required to change their gamer tag, but. Um, they're obviously not PlayStation players because they can change their gamer tag. Um, so, sorry, I couldn't resist that one. Um, but hey, but, PlayStation is best race. So oh yeah, here. here we go. But, so, but yeah, I mean, it could be something where it's like you know the thorn is their Tamagotchi, and they have to make sure that it's happy. Right, my thorn is happier than your thorn because I fed it better. Do I get to put cute little outfits it's, on it's, my thorn? It's their precious. It's their. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's their precious. It's their precious. Oh they have, yeah. They, they has to find it. <laughs> they have. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> uh, I now have this awful impress. I have this awful image in my head of this guardian dressed in all black with black eyeliner, holding the thorn like <laughs> like. 
like full on and going, my precious, you know, like just sitting there like petting it, you know. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I, I, Justin's not here. Someone needs to compensate I know, for Justin. I know. Oh man. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Oh my God. I was, I came into this podcast being like, this is going to be serious. This is going to be a salty one because it always no, is when we talk about think Thorn. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Mel breaks me. No, oh. but th- think about it. They, they, uh, you, you feel from the cause they, they have to feed it. They don't care about anything than feeding the thorn. Right. So the thorn is, it's their precious. It's, uh, th- this is, their whole life is around this gun. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would agree with that 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a connection point for them to the entire concept of what it means to be a dredgen, you know? Mm. It it is what you know, and we'll talk we'll talk about that a little bit. I have you know I have a couple. We we had a lot of conversations about your, obviously, um, and what who he could have been, and you know what exactly was going on with him in the ghost fragments. We're we're totally not gonna. I don't think we're gonna read the the old cards just simply because they are very long, amazing cards. If you haven't read the the old ghost fragment thorn cards, please go read it. Um, I'm going to oh, also, I will also link again. I will do because I did this again. I did this with episode 19, but I'm going to link again. Guardian Radio uh, Craig did an awesome job with the audio grimoire on Thorn, and he has he has all four Thorn fragments, I think, done now. And I will link the you guys. I will link that in the show notes that we uh, post up on Podbean. Um, those those notes always will have anything that we mention outside of the chat, uh, so that people can click on them and you know go see yourself. But if you have not read those, there are some amazing conversations in there, and you know that's that's really the same the thing that was with your as well. Thorn was Thorn was everything. Thorn, Thorn was the basis of his personality, or not his personality, but his person. Like everything he did was really it was it was to to kill hope, to eat hope, to feed hope to Thorn, to give that light that he stole from everyone to Thorn. To do everything was in order to destroy hope and to feed the connection that he had through Thorn to, you know, um, Zyor and so yeah it it was like to be a dredgen you have to have a thorn it's it's the it's the standard equipment i guess you would call you know it's their it's their red lightsaber and you know to bring back in the star wars idea you know all the sith have that red lightsaber um well most of them do in the expanded universe well anyway but um <laughs> You know the 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 standard the standard equipment the starting package for the dredgen was basically you have to go and you have to craft your own thorn and that was the shadows of yore they found out how they did this um, we're gonna talk a little bit too when we get to the the jagged purpose quest because we actually find out that Vale might not be as evil as a lot of people are kind of assuming that he is. Um, 
and then we'll we'll talk about that a little. We kind of heard a, we heard that a bit in the Cathedral of Dusk about how he had claimed to have cleansed it, but um, yeah. So you guys, you want me to jump on Blind Watch real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, so this is Ghost Fragment Blind Watch. Uh, subject is a threat assessment, and this is a party between or a conversation between two parties. Uh, the first is a Guardian type class Warlock Vanguard designate. Remember that I'm going to come back to it, and that is use that is user one, and then the second is a Guardian cl- type class Titan, and that's user two. Associations, excuse me. Associations are Blind Watch, Buried City, Cabal. Clovis Bray, Crucible, Exclusion Zone, Lord Shacks, Mars, Meridian Bay, Mars, Zyre Orsa, Vanguard, Ikora Ray, Thorn, and Dredgen Yor. Uh, the audio was unavailable, so this is a transcript, and it is as follows. I'm assuming you're aware of the events of Mars. The results from Blind Watch? Yeah, it may be starting again. Not saying it is, but we need to keep an eye on any who would seek to retrace Yor's path. Agreed, but Orson and his friends seem to have contained what York could knight. A dangerous assumption. The Thorn's pestilence is becoming commonplace. So, again, we have a bit of a nod within the lore about the multitude of Thorns. Now, the other interesting part here for me is this actually, we actually get an idea of when this conversation happens because if you um if you look at the the designation here this is obviously between the vanguard warlock and a titan this is an this is ikora but this is a vanguard designate a van a designate is a title that is given to someone who is waiting to fill a position so this is before Ikora becomes the Vanguard mentor for the Warlocks. So does so, that mean the whole entire thing with Orsa and his clan going on before our own timeline? Uh, yeah, so they had supremacy, and we just paid for supremacy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time gates. No. Uh, <laughs> no, but... It, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, supremacy. I mean, same as Rift. We we got Rift, and it was like, oh yeah, the Warlocks have been playing with this for a while. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was like, wait, what? Um, so yeah, it it was it was a little bit. Uh, the the note here is Blind Watch and Widow's Court. Those two. Do I have Widow's Court? I don't have Widow's Court linked. I will read that real fast. The the cards for the ghost fragments for Blind Watch and Widow's Court. Keep in mind that these were both before uh, Ikora took on the Vanguard Mentor ship. So this is this is in the past. Whereas the Cathedral Dust uh, or Dusk, sorry. Well, it's in the present because the Dreadnought wasn't here <laughs> until just recently, so it has to be. So yeah. It um and then the cauldron and timekeeper are kind of up in the air because those are just I think those are just conversations between just random guardians. They're not actually anyone in particular that we can identify. Now, real quick, the ghost fragment for Widow's Court is a this is an interesting one because it confirms the presence of someone else that we uh 
that we might remember. And uh, again, the type is a post-match report. Again, it's a conversation between two people. The first one is a guardian type, class hunter. And the second is a guardian type, class warlock, vanguard designate. And the associations here are Crucible, European Dead Zone, Fallen, Lord Shax, Malfur, Shin, Icor or Shin Malfour, Icora Ray, Thorn, and Widow's Court. Again, the audio was unavailable, so they have a transcript here. And Shin starts off and says, I'm telling you this now because you don't seem to be taking it seriously. Ikora responds with, We are aware of and share your concerns and in our monitoring. It could be you're too close to the situation to get a clear, full view. Shin responds with, too close. I've seen the vids from Widow's Court. They're playing with death. So, hi Shin. How's it going? (laughs) Glad to see that you're back in action. So he knows Thorn firsthand. Oh yeah, I mean this this is definitely... Yeah, I mean, he and, and I like how Ikora's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> you, you, you might be a little too uh, too close to this situation. You have a little bit of emotion involved here because you know Shin. For those who have, again, for those who haven't read the Ghost Fragment Thorn card, Shin Malfour is the person who puts down Dredgen Yor, um, and he was also uh, Jaren Ward who was Shin's pretty much adopted father, was the guardian mm-hmm. that Yor <clears throat> killed with Thorn. Not mm-hmm. in front of Shin, but pretty pretty much in yeah, front of the Shin. Ghost, the ghost told Shin. And yes, Shin, oh, yeah. Shin is, an hour, is a hunter, confirmed. So and- Shin, Shin is actually a guardian, which causes so much problems. But we're not going to yeah, get be- into that. Be- because he's not resurrected. <laughs> <It's>, ah! <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, Shin, Shin is, like, amazing and so frustrating in the same same time. Because I'm just... Real I'm, quick, real quick. So, if he's not resurrected and the disciples of Osiris, they're not guardians, they can become guardians again? Well, the disciples of guardians were guardians who took, who walked away. Like, uh, what's the blind dude's name that I'm completely forgetting because I don't play trials? Brother Vance. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. The blind guy with the iPad. Um, which makes <laughs> no sense. Uh, he's blind and he has an iPad. Okay. I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't understand that logic. He but. has, he, he has Bluetooth uh, <laughs> under the hood. So, but yeah, he's not um, actually blind. That that thing is like the Google glasses. Oh, so. okay, okay, I got it. I got <laughs> that explains so much. Um, but Vance used to be a guardian. Uh, he used to be. I can't remember what class. I want to say. I want to say warlock, but I'm going completely off my top of my head on that. But Vance was a guardian before he walked away. Uh, a lot of a lot of the disciples, we get the sense kind of from Vance that that was kind of a that was part of the schism between Osiris and the Speaker. Now, the fun part here for me is that this this is a connection to when Osiris was still in. Well, it's either 
when Osiris is still a Vanguard mentor or right around the time that Osiris and the speaker have the giant temper tantrum that they have and they walk their separate ways because Ikora is not yet the Vanguard mentor. And we know that Ikora becomes the Vanguard mentor after Osiris is, is kicked out is exiled. So, but again, widow's court and blind watch, we actually, and, and cathedral dusk, we actually know within the timeline generally, which is a rare thing, which is why I'm so excited about it, because Destiny does not give us any concept of timelines, usually, but we have some. We have we have the beginnings of a concept here, and that makes me happy, because I can actually kind of put these on a, on a conversation flow, and, you know, so, yeah. It confirms that Malfor is a hunter, confirms that he's still around, and it also confirms that this stuff is happening before Ikora took Vanguard mentorship, and it is still happening today. But it doesn't confirm that he's he's still around. Oh yeah, Maybe Shin. He... Yeah, we don't know if Shin is still around, but he was around at that time. At that time. And he was known, I mean, he was known to the Vanguard because he's talking to Ikora. Well, we know a pacifist now. Yeah, that's true. With non-guardians in another place gathering there. So, so maybe Shin Malfour is there. We don't know. I don't know. Malfour is, Shin, Shin is the, I, I love him, but I hate him at the same time. It's so weird that he's like one. Is he the only one that we know of where the ghost, where he wasn't resurrected? Yeah. That's why he's annoying. Well, okay. Let's clarify there. We don't know a lot of what happened with Shin, but in the grimoire, we have excerpts from when he was a child growing up. And then uh, it jumps ahead several years. So we don't know what happens, but we know that he grows up. And then he faces down Dredgen, and he actually summons a golden gun and right. kills Dredgen with a golden gun. Yeah, and then when he was given the last word, wasn't Ward's ghost said, okay, you're now my guardian. That's well, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, well, the ghost, that, that was definitely, that was I definitely mean. a feeling that you got, but it wasn't, the ghost scanned him. So, like, the way the card ends, uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Pins and chat Shin is the exception to all rules. Um, the way the card reads is uh, Jaren's ghost never spoke to anyone except for Jaren. Uh, he would never right. speak to any. Uh, Jaren had taken a group of children from Palamon, which had been destroyed, and they were actually, uh, it seemed like they were actually hunting Dread uh, Yor. Um, right. And the ghost never spoke to any of them. It watched them and it listened, but it never spoke to any of them. Well, then Jaren went off and he got killed. Uh, and he, when, and then we find out that Yor actually spoke to, that's how we found out that Yor and Ward were very close friends prior to Yor becoming Yor, um, which we'll, we'll get into here in a second. But so there's a conversation between Yor and uh, the Ward's ghost which Yor gives the ghost the last word. And he tells the ghost, give this, give the boy his master's sword. And right. so he, he, he gives, he basically is trying to piss Shin off to, uh, to piss him off. 
and the ghost calls it calls him out on it and Yor just kind of shrugs it off and you know whatever and then the then the next uh, i think it's uh, ghost fragment last word actually that this happens in but the next piece of the story that we have is the um the gunfight between Shin and Yor and Shin actually summons the go- the golden gun and shoots right. War or Yor before he can draw a thorn. Now I have a yeah. I have my own theory in that entire situation. I think Yor let Shin win. I think he committed suicide via golden gun. But we can talk about that also when we talk about who we think Yor is. But um yeah, so but there was there was never a point where the ghost like came out and was like, "Yeah, I'm going to adopt you." What it did happen was at the end of last word three. Yeah, it came out and he, it, it he scanned like, him and it, it scanned spoke him, to him and then it spoke to him and that's all we know. Right. Um, now, obviously, the next card we get is him with the last word, but we don't ever I don't think I don't remember us ever seeing Shin with a ghost at that point. Like, so it is possible he could have like quote unquote died yeah and then and that's and then a lot of and a lot of people like, in chat in chat right now that's what a lot of people are saying as well that's that's kind of the thing is everyone kind of is hoping that's what's gonna happen because otherwise it kind of throws into question the whole mechanism of guardianship and it seems like guardianship the one of the one of the primary catalysts is that you're dead you have to be mm-hmm. risen um so if shin didn't die yeah you know it, yeah, it, it, it just it breaks stuff it, it, it breaks so yeah. much of what we know and what has been laid down in terms of what makes a guardian a guardian and like the whole entire concept of you know the light going in and now you're resurrected mm-hmm. we're not gonna get into right. that conversation but we can yeah. totally get into All that right. conversation but i don't think you want to <laughs> Not, um, not at the not at this juncture, <laughs> not at this juncture. Maybe um, at another point in time, because the whole Dran Ward and Dredge and Yor are like some of my favorite lore. So, oh, anyways, yeah. John Goff, continuing on. Good, good <laughs> job on those. Those were that's an amazing story. Um, well, we have we have one more Grimoire card. And I know a lot of people are going to immediately understand why. We are going to read this next one, um, but this this new card that we got actually kind of draws a very very straight assumption line. There's still an assumption that needs to be made as it doesn't come out and say it, but it's pretty pretty obvious. Um, at least to me, it is that this is a a nod to maybe the source of who your was. So. And then Bo, you wanna you wanna grab that the the legends and mysteries? Sure. So it's called Legends and Mysteries, Razor Lazir. Um I think it's uh Razil Azir's ghost recording everything. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. So something in Razil and in, in Razil was telling him he shouldn't be here. Something deep. Something resembling fear. He knelt, examining the dust-covered pile at his feet. The skulls had the skulls had been 
discarded with a little care. Some time ago, de decades maybe longer. The doors carved in, uh, into the rock face were arcane, dark, gothic, other and large. The jagged finery of their archway spoke to an artery that only served to strengthen the sickening feeling in his gut. Rezel had come to Luna in search of nightmares, and after, and after his long journey from the growing city beneath the Traveler to the ends of the earth and beyond, he found himself face to face with remnants of stories he'd been he'd hoped were nothing but lies. He stood a large <clears throat> a large man made small against a massive looming doorway. The knot in his stomach was telling him to turn back. Instead, he moved forward towards the door, sealed as they as they were for ages untold. After only a few steps, a shrill, heavy scorpion cut in the air. The massive doorways were open. Rezel steeded, steeded his rifle as no, as a lone shape floating just above the ground, appeared from the deep black beyond the threshold. They figured the figure in the doorway, a dark, ethereal woman cloaked in a tattered ceremony and armored, armored with an ornament bone, danced in the air. Razzle, <coughs> sorry, Razzle and the demon woman held their ground, held their ground contemplating one another with no warning the silent intimacy of the movement was broken by a booming angry call from deep within the doorway the sound the thick paint echoed across the, no the narrow valley then fell silent after a beat that felt like an eternity the figure backed away into the dark the doors remained wide an invitation or a dare. Razel did not know, nor did he care. The mighty titan took steps forward. I'm not sure this is a good idea. His ghost concern was impossible to mistake. Not sure that matters. We've come. We've seen. Maybe the best course here is to warn others. Gather an army. Maybe. I'm just saying. It's impossible. You can't handle whatever it is we've upset here. <clears throat> we've walked in nightmares. Razel's attention was singular. He focused, focused intent, intently on the dark beyond the threshold. The hive was supposed to be gone. The ghost mold, the full cons consequence of this mistaken belief. They've, they've been silent for... They're not silent anymore. That scream, those doors, they're best left alone. I can't do that. Razel <coughs> continued forward, toward the dark, toward the unknown. Stay here. Excuse me? Get, get distance. We don't know what this is. What's coming? Can't risk you too close to an unknown. And if you fell where I can't find you? If I fell, if I don't return, run to the others. Warn them. 
There are worse things than pirates. I think he's referencing the fallen here. Razel studied his rifle. Razel steeded his rifle and stepped into the dark. As a ghost, as as his ghost lingered. Hours passed. More times was lost in this space, and with it, any remembrance of hope, of promise of purpose, of lingering brighter tomorrow. Dawn, dawn amongst the shadows there were no tomorrows. Down in the abyss there was no hope. Razzle's footfalls echoed, lonely, measured steps with no guarantee of purchase. At any moment the, wo- the world could fall away and he, and he would be lost. The forgotten hero who foolishly sought the nightmares. Then a presence, sweeping and dreamlike. Razel leveled his rifle. He could sense the witch, but found it impossible to track her in the dark. Razel opened fire, short, focused bursts, to light the ebony corridor. The demon, which circled just beyond the reach of each burst glow, Razel kept firing, using the, the short flickers of the dark to gain bearing. The witch laughed and thick black cloud engulfed Razel. The titan, <clears throat> the titan kept firing, but, but his movement were, was restricted. The cloud confined him, caged him. He could hear her move. He could hear her moving just beyond his sights as her laughter rose in pitch, cutting into Razel's mind and soul like, temper, like tempered blade. Razel flinched as the wicked woman beca- began to speak. As the wicked woman beca- began to speak in a tongue that resembled torture more than, la- more than language, the pain was searing, complete. The demon approached with writhing hero. As she spoke, her violent words, as she spoke, her violent words began to take shape, morphing from from syllables of death to a to a known offering of a haunted human language. The demon woman leaned in close and whispered in, intimately. Basil's ear bled as he spoke. I am the end of morals, Zyre, the blessed. Zyre, the, the betrothed. I am the, com- I am the coming storm. These are not my words, but prophecy. Your light will, will one day shatter and die. For now, it's simply offense. And you, dear, sweet, fragile thing, shall be made to suffer for the trank- transgression upon the holy ground. As the witch fell silent, her hateful voice was replaced by a growing chorus of hungry, manic, chittering, and the rising thunder of an approaching flood. Rizal had come looking for terrors that hid just beyond the light. He found them, or maybe they found him. Yeah, sorry about that. English is not my first language. So. No, 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 no. No, you're good. So... 
I'm going to I'm going to just interject real quick. Obviously, this is going to feed into the theory that I'm going to just launch us into that your is Rezel. Um this card really kind of confirms like it to like a 95% chance. Like I I mean like I cannot begin to list the numbers of similarities there is so many um you know we i did i definitely talked about this when we first talked about your and uh ward back in episode 19 but you know we i always had a suspicion that rezel kind of could transform into your because he was always obsessed with hope um which is another thing that Yor definitely was obsessed with, a hundred percent. He was obsessed with destroying hope, and Rezel was obsessed with creating hope. Um, now, the other thing that we get here is the name of the card, the Whisper and the Bone. Um, we know that we we just the name of the Bone connects to Thorn, and the way that Rezel explains it. Um, we see a very similar, uh, speaking syntax in the way that Rezel responds to his ghost here. Um, and then the, the, one of the most obvious connections is the witch, the wizard that is right here is Zyar, the blessed Zyar, the betrothed. Oh, wait, you mean Zyar, the unwed, the one that we killed in the first year to get Thorn. Yeah, that's the same witch or wizard. Sorry, I, I we call and, them witches because they're females, but they're wizards in game. But yeah, it, <laughs> we, we know we know Dredgen Yor left his ghost. He didn't take him take yeah. his ghost with him, and that's what Trazilazir just did here. He mm-hmm. he he went into the hive fortress, or I don't know what we call it, but he went in. Without his ghost, his ghost was lingering. Right, he, and he so, would, but it's not with him. Yeah, and and I think you know that's kind of and again, Destiny Lorecast points this out. Beta does a really good, um, a really good defense of this entire theory, and I'm I, I really can't emphasize enough. You guys need to go listen to that podcast. If nothing more, go listen to that episode for Beta's defense of. Um, Rezel being your because it it lines up almost identically with mine and he does he does an amazing job defending it he does it better than I would um but the point here that I would point out for the re- the reference to the ghost is the question of you know everyone has this question of your was such a bad person yet his ghost is still sitting there his ghost is still there his ghost is trying to redeem him trying to to uh, reclaim him to light and all this stuff. And everyone's like, you know, why, why is this ghost still like hanging on to this pipe dream of rescuing your, and this actually answers it. The ghost wasn't there when he became your, if, if Rezel is your, this explains why the ghost doesn't know how bad of a situation it's in. Because, Rezel tells the ghost, you know, hey, 
stay here. And he's done this before, you know, in, in another card with Rezel, War, uh, I think it was War Without End. He does this uh, when he charges the Fallen, and then the ghost comes in and resurrects him. Now, obviously, he can't, the ghost can't come in, but he's he's telling his ghost, you know, stay here. I don't want to compromise you. Whereas Pride, <laughs> Pride lets him think that he can walk into this untouched. And he walks in. The, the difference, the difference in the two cards, and uh, that card, the old Rezalazir card, he told his ghost, "Whenever I'm in danger, come to me, right, or right. resurrect me." And this, in this card, he doesn't tell him anything; just stay far away, right. And I, and Mel, did you have? Did you want to? Yeah, um, more information. I think that points to that Rezal is probably your. Is that? They often refer to like the witch and just mm-hmm. the, who this, the speaker of this card, um, this, referring to Rezel as the hero, the hero, and every and like your uh, and and then those cards talking about your. They always said that he was a former hero and that he was loved. And I remember the ghosts saying like, "What what happened to you? You were this hero, this this person that was held up so high. Like what?" what happened and i thought that was really interesting that they referred to him as the writhing hero the lost what was the other one uh the forgotten hero who foolishly sought nightmares and so those those things really pointed out to me i'm like oh yeah yeah this is probably this is probably your (laughs) yeah and and you know and that's what i was going to say is following up on the ghost thing is like so he goes in i mean it's this is pretty pretty obviously the summoning pits um i i don't i don't know like the the explanation for this just yells summoning pits to me uh the screams he's on the moon he's he's Mm -hmm. underground he's in a place that's been you know around with skulls and doors these giant doors are opening opening and there's a witch inside a hallway there, there's a only place. <laughs> like there's only a couple places on the moon that we have access to. That ha- so, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of have accepted that this would be kind of the summoning pits, and we know that the summoning pits was kind of a experimentation zone for the hive. That was the entire purpose of Fogoth. And um, I'd actually go as far as say it, I, I kind of assume that the scream that you hear here is Fogoth, um, but. You know, so he he walks into the hallway, you know, that little hallway. He walks in and he gets ambushed by the the wizard, the ghost. The ghost is no longer there. But I can see it being like, you know, he walks in. The ghost is sitting there going, I don't know what the is going on, but I'm going to wait because, you know, what else can I do? And then after a period of time which you know they said time was lost in this place and with it any remembrance of hope of promise and then he comes back and i could i can just you know in the, no this isn't in the card but i just see this connection between rezel and yor as being you know he he goes in and he meets zor and he he makes you know, whatever happened, you know, he, the, the whole, I, I, the description is just amazing with the, the wizard whispering and his ears bleeding. Um, and you kind of get the sense that she's not, she's not a death singer. We know that because her name is not, um, uh, it's the, the all, 
she doesn't have the all Zaire, it's just Zior, or it's just Zior. Um, so she's not necessarily a death singer, but she kind of has that sense of the syllables um, creating death, uh, you know, morphing from syllables of death to a known offering of haunted human languages. So again, haunted human languages, a long dead human language. Dredgen Yor means the eternal abyss in a long forgotten language. We learned that from the fragments Thorn 4. And, you know, again, I just see this whole thing happening and then him coming back out and the ghost being like, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, yeah, let's just go, you know, let's go, blah, blah, blah. And then we have the whole, you know, sitting down and all that. But um, that's just, you know, that's just my, my, assumption in the connection between Rezal and yours, the ending is him coming back out and the ghost, you know, again, coming to him. But I know Mel had something. Um, reading back over this, I, I think it's really interesting that he is going like the ghost is like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Rezal seems like he is fully intended. Like he knows what's on beyond that. Like he knows what's going to happen. I almost get that impression that he knows this because he goes like some of the lines, um, you know, the ghost is saying like, yeah, we should go together an army. He's like, and he's very kind of always shrugging off his ghost. Like, yeah, whatever. No, it's fine. We no, no. And especially since he says like, Hey, if I don't come back, don't res me, go let other people know. Um, especially he says he's focused intently on the dark beyond the threshold. Like he's almost looking for this. Like he, like he, he's gotten to that point, which I mean, if I remember what happened in the, the Thorn cards and stuff like that, talking about Dredge and Yor, like he got to that point and now you see this, like you actually see it right here where he's, he's, he has that mindset that, but the light has nothing left for him. He wants to go beyond what else is there. He's like, he's, he, you can tell either he's tempted, um, like, like what would, um, like in the former thorn cards that, that are, that's initially going over dragging yours, what he is, but I, it stands out so much that he was just like, it almost that he's, he accepted this and this is what he wanted. He's like offering himself. Like he didn't even, seems like he went into to fight the the witch like and then he like they're describing the witch as sweeping and dreamlike like mm-hmm. no one describes a witch as dreamlike like you think of <laughs> you think of this this horror like oh crap we have to fight this you know like they're the the description of the witch is almost ethereal is kind of like, Oh, I I'm coming and giving myself to a new God is how I'm kind of seeing this whole entire transgression of Rezzle. So, but, um, I think blue, you had something. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it almost is like death becomes an afterthought. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. That connects into another theory. Um, but the other, the other thing on the description, uh, is that it's seduction. It's it's mm-hmm. a seduction by this wizard to Rezel. And, you know, the thing is, is like, yeah, at first he's like, you know, he's trying to shoot her. He's trying to, you know, trying to defend himself, blah, blah. blah. But then all of a sudden, you know, he starts, he, he gets, he basically gets incapacitated when she starts talking and... And then she, you know, sweeps in and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like it becomes it becomes a different it becomes a different 
feeling like up until the point that she she incapacitates him it's been you know fight fight you know this this terrible demon witch blah 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 and then you know she she engulfs him in the black cloud and you know then she uses her her voice <clears throat> to to start torturing him and then as soon as she leans in it it suddenly switches she's now whispering intimately she's not she's not she's not talking syllables of death she's whispering intimate intimate secrets into his ear and his ears are bleeding it hurts but you know it's not it's not something that he seems to be struggling against so i don't know if i would say that he knew what was in there but there it definitely i mean again the obsession with hope you have down in this abyss there was no hope you know down amongst these shadows there were no tomorrows um again you're obsessed with hope rezel obsessed with hope so bo i know you wanted to to pitch in here too yeah uh mel said something about that he knew what's in there so uh i, I was thinking about the great disaster and the battle of burning lake uh, so if he knew so he they encountered the hive before if he knew what's in there. Well, I don't I think actually this is confirmation that this is actually I would actually argue I'm going to argue with that. I think this is actually the first time we've encountered the hive. I think this is because he makes a comment, let me scroll back up. He makes a comment to his ghost where he says, um if I don't return, tell the others and warn them all there are worse things than pirates. Um so he, I don't, and that's what I mean. I don't think he knew. I don't think he knows about the hive and which again explains the arrogance. I think, I think he suspected because oh, at the very okay. beginning of the card, he, he is saying that like he went to the in search of nightmares from the growing sin beneath the earth, blah, blah, blah. blah. He, he found himself face to face with remnants of stories he'd heard were nothing but lies. So I think, there might have been like some chatter that there was hive on there and Rezel probably being the cocky ass would be that he probably was is like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to take care of it. Cause I am Rezel the amazing or whatever, you know? So, but I, I, I also kind of want to in, in my mind, I did, I have nothing to back this up. I feel like he, he, he felt like he had nothing left that the light offered nothing for him anymore. And, like this maybe kind of like with Tolan, like there was something beyond there that was kind of seductive and mysterious. And so he was looking more of for um not necessarily a new journey, but something new, something fresh. And then like, oh, I've heard of stories of the Luna, like I'm gonna go up there and see what that that is all about. So I I kind of have a to me, I feel like he he went up there with the anticipation of taking on something new, maybe not necessarily knowing what exactly 100% what it was, if it was the hive or something completely else. So he's more of a Don Quixote figure. I don't sure. I don't know Don like Quixote. The, I'm yes. sorry. It's it's like uh, Don Quixote was a crazy crazy old man who thought that all windmills were giants. Um, but the arrogant, <laughs> like it's it's an amazing story. You should totally read it. It's really fun. But like he he basically like pledges himself to ridding the world of giants, and there there are no giants. 
uh, he's just a yeah. crazy old guy. But I can't put my finger on the whole concept of him like chasing the next battle, you know, pushing, mm-hmm. pushing himself to be better, to be, to be, um, to prove that he, <laughs> to prove his right to existence. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to try not to bring sword logic into it, <laughs> but it, <laughs> but late. it did. Oh, oh God. But, but, but he was chasing nightmares. Nightmares. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, and I get the sense that, yeah, he's trying to, because, you know, we know in the first card, we get the we get the first card, he, he has nightmares. He has nightmares of about the darkness returning and all this stuff. And so maybe it's not necessarily, you know, the abstract, maybe it's his nightmares that he's facing. He's trying to face down his nightmares. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh- this is a. This, I love this. I really like this card. I really like this card. I don't know. It, it feels like there's some type of weird type of thing that he's like either flowing between. It's almost like he's on that precipice of Rezel and becoming your. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously, this is the point where he fully he goes, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go to. I'm, I'm gonna fully embrace the your personality to you know like bringing that darkness in, but. It's almost like he's gotten to that point where he's like, "Do I really want to be Rezel anymore?" Hey, yeah, I want to be Rezel. I'm going to go take everything down. But then he kind of he kind of gets there, and he's like, "But I guess if the darkness is there, I'm willing to embrace it too." You you know, like I feel like he's going through this weird mental battle, and especially since he's telling his ghost, like, "Go, don't don't resurrect me," you know. So I don't know. Well, it just it ultimately Ooh. it it also reminds me of a, a Nietzsche quote. Um. The quote is, he who fights with monsters should look to it that he himself does not become a monster. And if you gaze long into an abyss, the abyss also gazes into you. So, and, uh, you know, every time I talk about uh, Dredge and Yor, that's what I think is, you know, because he's the eternal abyss. If you gaze into the abyss, you need to make sure that the abyss doesn't, you know, return the favor. And so that's what I also think about the funny thing about the shadows of Yor it's the shadows of the abyss. They're gazing so, into the abyss. On a completely related, unrelated note, if we're going back to Star Wars tangents, if does that mean Dredgen Yor is Anakin and then yes. his ghost is Obi-Wan Kenobi telling him not to go to the dark side? Like, what are you doing? You were you the hero. You, you know, the given, given the success ratio between the two, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Okay. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, and a, you know, we, we bring Star Wars into it and it, it is a common, it's a common story, you know, arc is your hero who is at the pinnacle of their, you know, the, per, the perfect hero. That's not an interesting story, really. I mean, no. I, and I, and I hope that I can, you know, we can find a way to talk about this, you know, later in more detail, but people don't gravitate to stories about perfect people. People gravitate to stories about flawed people because we are flawed. We we want to relate to things. And Rezel, and that's, you know, the the whole basis of mythology, the basis of legends, the basis of all these, you know, social instructions that are buried within the mythology and legends. That's what it is, is it's extremes. If you look at any of the Brothers Grimm stories, for example, they're they're all extremely detailed. They're extremely graphic. They're extremely um 
dark in a lot of cases, and that's mostly because of the Germanic influence. But the thing is, is that they were they were instilled there to teach. And, you know, not to say that this is something that's been made up to teach, because obviously this is something that's happened. But ultimately, Destiny, you know, this entire podcast is a lore cast. It's a podcast about the story. And the thing is, is if Rezel never fell, I, I'll be honest, he would, he, he, he would be not human. He's not the hero, because the hero was never tempted. And mm-hmm. the hero's, yep, and Rose has it in the chat right now. The hero's journey is not just necessarily the ascension, it's also the fall. And the, and the thing is, is in real life, we fall. And not everyone can get back up. And that's what kind of, and I'm going to use this to kind of segue into um, my concept, my idea of what your and Ward kind of have is because I, that's why when I talk about, you know, your facing off against Malfur, um, I think your is, I think your is redeeming himself. And I, and I'm, what I'm saying here is that, <clears throat> you know, assuming that Rezel is your. Let's just go on that assumption. Rezel was a hero. He was someone who everyone looked up to. He was the the hope and the beacon of light in everyone's eyes during the early city ages. And then he becomes Yor. And he he so he's he's at the pinnacle and he falls to the bottom of the abyss, you know, which is fitting because that's his name. He becomes the exact opposite. He becomes the yin to the yang that he was. Again, Star Wars. It's a very similar and very common concept, the fall. When he's your, his entire existence is based around the destruction and the consumption of hope. When he's Rezel, he can push through because his entire basis is around the creation of hope. He's entirely focused on creating hope, and so that, therefore, he is always hoping to make things better. Now, when he doubts and he starts falling, he destroys all hope. Ultimately, what happens is it gets to a point in his in his descent where the only hope that he really has left is the hope in himself. And, you know, this is this is rocky ground, you know, especially for those who have actually faced this in real life. But it reminds me a lot of when we talk about mental depression and suicide, um, because a large common thread there is the loss of hope. Uh Wiesel, uh, Eli Wiesel, uh, the Night Trilogy, he, he wrote that the people, and he was writing about the concentration camps, but he said that it was very easy to see the, uh, the people in those concentration camps who were going to die because they had no hope. They gave up. They had nothing to live for, whether it was revenge, whether it was to, you know, to see a family member, to do anything. As long as you had hope, you can, you can push through. Humans can push through just about everything with hope. If you lose hope, nothing really matters. And that's a very dangerous thing. But the thing here is that Yor loses hope. He he allows his hope to be consumed by Thorn. It's a weapon of sorrow. It's a weapon that eats hope. And if it can't feed on others' hope, I'm assuming, my assumption here is that it's going to eat on his hope. And then what happens is he... He seems to recognize that Shin is an important figure. Now, there's a lot of con- there was a lot of conversations about you know does he actually does he actually know that Shin is going to be the one to kill him? Does he actually know that you know by giving the last word, blah blah blah? And it's like it's possible. 
it's possible that he somehow managed to pierce the the fabric of time and see that sure i mean time travel is definitely a present in destiny but at the same time it's like what if it's just a matter of him just being like yeah he he death is an afterthought to to your and to Rezel, and that's another thing that we'll talk about here in a second death is not something that they are concerned with they don't care most guardians don't care but Rezel doesn't care or uh your doesn't even care about the final death which is what we hear about when he sends his ghost away he doesn't even care He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. That's nice. But so he doesn't even he doesn't even care if someone's going to kill him, because, again, with the sword logic, you know, which Rezel or your here are getting introduced to because their connection to the hive. The sword logic is basically if you can't prove that you have the right to exist, nah, you don't exist. So but when he when he allows Shin to kill him, I, I get the feeling he he is a he is the pinnacle of a gunslinger like he is invincible in the crucible he is the best guardian that there was especially with thorn which was a super powerful weapon when Yor had it and yet shin who's a young kid basically manages to outdraw him and shoot him twice before he can even manage to pull his gun like you can't you can't tell me that he let him. Right. I mean, you, you see where I'm, you see where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. One? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of am like, you know, the, the, the hero's journey is the fall and then the redemption, the fall and the redemption, you know, Darth Vader, let's go back to star Wars. Darth Vader does the same thing. Yep. He kills himself to save his son. Now, obviously you're, you know, we don't, I'm not, I am not drawing that connection between Shin and Yor. Don't do not understand that. But my point here is that it's through his death that he redeems himself. And he doesn't redeem himself in the sense that he actually like quote sh- uh becomes a better person or saves a particular person. He kills himself so that he can't hurt people anymore. He kills himself by allowing Shin to outdraw him so that he, he his reign of terror would end. And that's that's my personal theory. You know, I have I have a little bit to back it up again, you know, kind of the whole seriously a kid outdrew you. You have how many decades of invincibility in the crucible. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of that is my also kind of applying what I see in a lot of stories to the the story that I see with Rezel, Rezel, Yor, Shen, Ward, all those connections. So I'm gonna let Bo take the take the helm for a second. So yeah, um, you talked about the thorn feeding on him. If he didn't feed the thorn, mm-hmm. it's like it's like the thorn has larvae in it. Right. Like, so, the thorn should be alive, not just a weapon with the light. If it's if it has larvae in it, if it's feeding from him, it should be alive. So, the the green ball at the tip of the thorn mm-hmm. is that is that the larvae? I always, I personally always, I, I personally have a theory that it's an embalming orb. 
Um, uh, we have we have that artifact that we used with Necrochasm, I think it was, that the Embalming Orb was used for. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we don't really know what it's used for. Uh, that even is the text actually in the grimoire. It's like, we don't know. It's a little, it's a tiny little orb. But the thing is, it's explained as a tiny green orb. Eris knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eris totally knows. Where's, where's Eris? Let's go ask her. She, she'll totally tell us everything. Not at all. She should, she should be a guest on uh, the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, we tried asking. Yeah, and she didn't. She didn't want to tell us. So, but um, I, I like, I like viewing it as an embalming orb, um, just because we know that the embalming orbs are connected to the weapons of sorrow, and it's also described as a tiny orb. Like it just to me, those are two pretty strong connections. Um, it's also, you know, another nod to the the whole Egyptian concept of embalming, which I think is a fun connection. But so, but that's that's not something to defend it with. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's I think that it's I always take Thorn as a conduit, not something that necessarily has sentience in and of itself, but something that. Uh, transfers a tithing, if you would, to its master. Uh, in this sense, the master would be Zior, um, or Zior, however you want to pronounce it. But they, uh, I mean, we don't, we don't know on that. We know that some weapons have sentience, you know, super good advice. There's a couple uh, weapons that we have base AI, we see base AI in. But we the weapons of sorrow we well no necrochasm necrochasm has a sense of sentience so thorn i wouldn't be surprised i mean it would be a supernatural sentience if anything but do we want to talk real quick about what we have to do to get the thorn um i know a lot of people have been very very happy to get, I think the I, I've been seeing more and more people getting jagged purpose, which is the the new year three thorn. Um, real fast, Mel, why don't you read the quest? I'm going to read the grimoire card for Thorn real fast, just to to kind of introduce it, and then I'll let you take. You want to just read through the quest steps? Sure. I think they're. Okay. I don't think they're very long, right? So, no, they're not very long. Okay, let me let me read Thorn real quick, and then I'm going to hand it to you. All right. So, Thorn, the quote is, To rend one's enemies is to see them not as equals, but objects, hollow of spirit and meaning, the 13th understanding of the seventh book of sorrow. Augmented through dark practices, Thorn was once a hero's weapon. Its jagged frame hints at a sinister truth, a powerful connection to the un- the unutterable sorceries of the hive. The legend of Thorn is bound to the rise and fall of Dredgen Yor, a guardian whose name is remembered with disgust and shame. The weapon was thought destroyed, but rumors of its existence still haunt the wilds. All right, so then the quest line, the first one is called Echoes of Darkness. Face the wretched eye and defeat Kulvik, the devil splicer's high priest. 
quote, a sickness is needed, bound in darkness. Bathe your light in horrors that their strain might linger, but not overwhelm. This is the first step upon the hatred path. Dredge and vow, rite of cleansing. Then the next one is harvest of the lesser. Wipe out fallen the plague lands to feed the weapon's appetite. Quote, a weapon hungers, a weapon must feed. State its growing appetite that you may truly become death itself. Dragon Vow, Rite of Cleansing. The next class line is Feast Upon the Light. Use void damage to defeat guardians in the crucible. Quote, there will be suffering, but know that you do this for a just cause. The darkness is to be feeded, it must be understood. The void will siphon that which the weapon needs, and the weapon will feast. Dredge and Val, Rite of Cleansing. And the next one is Cleansed by Light. Consume motes of light to cleanse yourself and the weapon. Quote, willful death and destruction leads to the dimming of one's light. Those who walk the path must cleanse themselves or succumb to the shadow's influence. Dredge and Val, Rite of Cleansing. And the very last one is where it began. Find a skeleton key and open the strike cord at the end of the abomination heist strike. Quote, the sickness is seated. Claim the ash and bone of the unwed from the resting place. Bind them to your cannon that the disease may take hold and your jagged thorns be set. Dredge and vow, rite of cleansing. So, yeah, there is... There's a lot in there. Uh, I think Bo has something to say. Bo? Yeah. Um, it always ends with Drudge and Val, right of cleansing. Mm-hmm. But he's recreating Thorn. How, how, <laughs> how, how is he cleansing Thorn if he's recreating it? Well, we know that... So we, we know that these Thorns... Um, I, emphasis on plural. These thorns are pale, <laughs> pale shadows of the original one. Um, so, I, I there there is a couple differences. So, I'm I'm gonna gonna I can't find the the technical quest. I know the steps, but I can't find the quotes on the steps right now for the first year exotic weapon body. But it it used to be called a light in the dark. Um, and now it's called Jagged Purpose. But there are very, very similar there's similarities and there's some differences. And the differences I think is kind of indicative of why it is a pale shadow. Um the main difference really between year one and year three is that instead of killing fallen, we kill hive. Um and then we also have to like I'm trying to remember if I don't think the year three has yeah the year three doesn't have the infusion process or it has the infusion process but you just use moats you don't have the infusion of light that you purchased so like in year one basically what you did was you completed a summoning pit strike uh you kill hive which you had to kill a ton of hive uh then you have to mm-hmm. defeat the guardians in crucible with the void and then you had to do this step where you went to the speaker and he was like, oh, no, you're getting corrupted here. Take this giant like ball of light energy light. that was called infusion of light. And then you went and talked to Ikora, which basically they took the, the 
the ball of energy and shoved it down Thorne's throat. And then you had, and then they're like, okay, cool. We're starting to break the hold, but there's something still here. And then you had to go back to the summoning pits and you had to kill an NPC that was known as Zyor the Unwed, which, Mm. which, yeah, which was a witch. Um, You'll know, you'll note, is the same name as Zyor the Blessed, Zyor the Betrothed. Now, again, going to refer back to Beta with the Destiny Lore podcast. They did an amazing job in pointing this out as well, and it was a conversation in our chat as well. She is unwed now. She is no longer betrothed. She's no longer blessed. Why? What happened? Why is she now an un- why is she a widower? Well, because yours dead. Your your died. She was betrothed to your basically. He he's been killed. She's it's so you know, excusing the uncomfortable thoughts that that brings to mind. Um yeah. So now she's an unwed. And then you kill then everything you you kill there, you you know, and that was a oh god, that was a a nightmare of a strike to do. And then you return to the speaker. And then that's when you get the year one thorn, which as a hunter, I was extremely proud of because, oh my God, void kills without a void subclass are annoying. Mm. Um, Atheon's mm. epilogue. Yeah, Atheon's epilogue and uh, what was the the shotgun from Vault of Glass? Was it correct? Found verdict. Yeah. Wait. Found verdict. Oh yeah, found verdict. Yep. I had a full auto found verdict. Mm-hmm. That saved my skin so many times. But anyway, I mean, so so we had more steps in the year one. Uh, they they simplified it for year three. But the, the interesting thing here is that instead of killing Hive, we are killing Fallen. Fallen. Which I, I, I personally have a theory of why the, why the thorns are not as powerful is because you're killing a... You're killing an entity that is not corrupt, so you're getting a pure form of light instead of a blighted light to feed into the weapon when it's in its developing stages. Um, or you, maybe Zyre is not around. To well, and then and then yeah, then there's a there's an interesting thing there um, in that step. The quote is: "Claim the ash and bone from the uh, of the unwed from their resting place." So, are you? And I, I, I just that stuck out to me, and it could be just me misreading this. But do you think that that I don't know why, but I read that as meaning more than one unwed, or do you think that it mean like is that just me misreading that, Mel, Bo? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. What I I've been following you there. So it's what yeah. Stuff? It's on on the step that's, you know, basically you got to claim the ash and bone of the unwed from their resting. You know, now that I'm more than thinking about it, I'm an idiot. Never mind. Never mind. Blue okay. does not know. Maybe there is. Yeah, if there is referencing to the ash and bone, I'm, I'm just. Uh, I, yeah, and bone, yeah. I have been looking at too much information. Um, the, the other interesting thing that I found with the rite of cleansing from Dredge and Vale is that he refers to it as paths. Um, 
which is a note that I wanted to make because there is a hunter class perk called path. And we have three paths in the hunter. That's the forgotten, the forbidden and the unknown. And now each of these are, um, each of these do different benefits within the buildup of your, your subclass and then all that. But these are actually class perks. These are consistent across the class. I just found that I found that intriguing that he, he refers to it as the hated path instead of like the forbidden path or the unknown path. I, I don't know if that's anything, anything worth noting there. Um, the, the last thing that I will make a point of is that the fifth step speaks of the weapon hungering. Um, we have a couple other weapons that hunger bad juju, the swarm. Um, and then Toland actually talks about hunger. Uh, we have a quote from Toland's journal, and I can't remember which quest this comes from, but he says, hunger is a terrible curse, but if it serves to motivate, to inspire, to urge, can it not also be a blessing? So, and then uh, the swarm, which is a heavy machine gun, says hunger is the all of it, and it is all of hunger. And then there's a connection also to the warm gods boot, but hunger is a, a nod also to bad juju because the, the whole bad juju concept is the weapon is uh, sentient and it weapon must be sated and fed. Um, and then, yeah, they, they be, they truly become death itself, which, you know, Shin again makes a comment about they're playing with death. Um, so I'm trying to think, we have the new ornaments. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I was, I was actually trying to think. I was like, well, how can I segue into these new ornaments? Um, you want to talk about those a little bit, Bo? Uh, I didn't see them. I just Oh, you haven't them. seen them? Oh, man. They're awesome. So we have um, the new, the new, um, I guess it's. Can right we see them in game right now? I think oh, so. Just the thumbnail. Um, I think I'd go, uh, go to the Eververse and preview them, can't you? I want to say you can, because I've seen, I've seen screenshots of them. Um, yeah, I, I was think... trying to look them up right now, but I can't, I can't find any of them, surprisingly enough. But they are called the Rose of Acid and the Rose of Corruption. And as excited as everyone was, they really don't show. They don't really, really give us anything. They, they look cool. Um, the rose of corruption, it, it makes the thorn, basically it, it makes the metal on the thorn, uh, really pitted. Uh, it, it actually, someone pointed this out in chat. It actually kind of makes it look less hivy. Uh, it just makes it look like it's been rusted. Um, the rose of <clears throat> the rose of acid actually enhances the green, on it. I'm trying to find an image real fast so that I can accurately describe it because it, it's actually really kind of cool. Uh, it enhances the green in it and I can't seem to find it. Let me give me a second. And it, uh, it actually does the opposite. It actually enhances the hiviness of it. And it looks like, yeah, it also puts uh, spikes. We get more, we get more spikes. Um, and it puts the, what looks to be the crow sigil 
on the yeah, the high sigil, yeah. Um, so it actually seems to enhance that connection, whereas corruption seems to decrease it. So, but yeah, um, as far as I understand, there is there is nothing really quote new <laughs> about the ornaments other than the aesthetic changes. So. Um, ba, ba, ba. I find it interesting that they call it the Rose of Corruption and the Rose of Acid. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, good segue, Mel. Good segue. Mm. Uh, there is there is a, there's a lot of conversation about the rose. You know what what exactly is Thorn? What is um what what is it? What's the rose? Is it a different gun? Is it the same gun? Do we have access to the rose? Will we ever have it? You know, all these questions. Um, I, I actually kind of agree with, uh, the theory again, that beta has that thorn is actually the first curse. Um, there's, there's an image that I'll, I will put in, um, the show notes, from Captain Kex, Captain Kex for the win again, who is the uh, creator of the Lorg chart, which if you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. Um, but he he took he took a, an image of Thorn, a concept or not a concept, a, a game image of Thorn, basically, and then took a game image of the first curse and basically overlaid them. And they match up amazingly well, like almost died. you can you can actually see where it, at least when i look at it i could see where pieces of the first curse could be melted into the spikes on the thorn um like the stock it, it's everything is very very similar um and then again beta does an amazing breakdown of the first curse and how it could be transitioned into it um it also kind of explains the con- another connection potentially with the last word in the first curse, yeah. because we know that the that guns, <laughs> the guns were. Oh, is that was that? Where you, we know the guns yeah. were. Uh, I, I, did, I didn't say anything. Because <laughs> the guns were sisters, basically. They're twins, and uh, we kind of get the sense. And I, I can't remember if it's actually said or if that was just the sense. But we kind of get the idea that Yor and Ward were also kind of very close. Um, yeah, and the. Uh, You'll you'll have remembered throughout the podcast. I keep kind of pointing out, oh, death is an afterthought. Death is an afterthought. Death is an afterthought. That's the first curse <laughs> when death yeah. becomes an afterthought. That um, is it's also <laughs> yeah. Also on the uh, first course, first curse Grimmore card. It also says that when they're talking about how they're it's a twin to the last word um, that they were made back in the lawless days before the city was nothing more than a rumor. Um, and it's also important to know that Rezel was one of the people that helped build the city and create the walls around the city. And he was one of the survivors from, from, you know, when the city was attacked and everything. So it's, yeah. So it's really, really, um, it, it makes a lot of sense that the Rose was the first curse. So yeah, and so in chat, the, uh, Green is asking, so did Rose get renamed the first curse? I don't know. I think that you know, and then there's there's the the 
hunter artifact, the what I call the radioactive cabbage. Uh, <laughs> it is. It it is a radioactive is. cabbage. Okay, I think that's Fell Winter's lie. Was he sold it to your telling him that it was a rose and. But we're not going to go down that road. Um, I actually, I actually see it as a uh, as a hive infected rose. Yeah, well, I think I think that's what it's supposed to be. But I like I like my theory better. But no, no, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely something with hive. Like you know the green and it's one of my it is seriously one of my favorite artifacts. Actually, I continuously I still have it, um, but. You know, there's there's a there's a, also a conversation about whether or not the rose that he held was actually a rose, not the gun. Um, I That's I don't think thinking. so. I don't I don't I, know. Really? I, maybe I mean, like, he I had can, an artifact. I can see. Yeah, yeah I can see maybe. But like he says that the re- okay. Here's the reason. Here's the reason. I can see him having. I can see him having the rose as an artifact, as a separate entity. But we actually have a point where he looks down and he says that he sees his rose in a new light, and it has the jagged points of thorns, like it's been transformed, or it never necessarily was. It's not that it's necessarily been transformed. It's just that he's never actually seen it in this light. Like he he actually refers to the hand cannon as a rose. Yeah. And that's why I I don't think the rose that he's talking about is the rose artifact. It could be. I'm not saying it's not. I just don't necessarily Well, yeah. think about it. All the artifacts that we have uh most of them are well wearable objects. So maybe That's true. So maybe he used to wear it, or he used to take it with him everywhere. What's the? Uh, oh, my wife watched this anime with the rose and the sword fighting. Uh, Revolution um, and Girl Utena. Yes, that one. The one. With I was. The I was going. Uh, I was going to say Sao. Yeah. No. It was. I think. Is it? Is it? What was it? Utena. Yeah. Isn't that the one that they, yeah, that was a really weird one, but yeah, they had like the giant rose. Yeah. That that, my wife would say the same. I don't understand. (laughs) I watched, I watched one scene and they changed one of the people into a car. I don't know what was going on. And I was really confused. So, Oh, did you want, when I I think it was the movie, Oh, the movie is really weird. (laughs) It's great, but it's really weird. Like it's really, it's it's out there. It's like it's so far out there. Like you, yeah. Well, and I didn't know what I was watching, so I was like, okay, yeah, that's nice, honey. I'm gonna go sit in the corner and read a book. Yeah, it has a lot to do with like um, like feminism and stuff like that. But But, anyways, that's totally not besides the point. Right, right. (laughs) But what I was gonna say is they have like the giant flowers, and like their entire point is. Like when they're when they're fighting, isn't the entire point like to knock the rose off? Like that's how they. Yeah, of, I mean I the know. rose symbolizes a lot more than the fact that that's what they need to knock off to win the duel. But, um, but yes, in the most plain form, that is yes. what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to duel, and then they're TL, supposed to cut off the rose. TLDR so. of the entire anime series is you knock the rose off the chest of your opponent and you win. 
uh, that's like the first sentence of the TR, TR, TR. So, yes. But, so I totally <laughs> don't know what I'm talking about with that anime, no. but I it's, might it's have It's Sayugiyo with roses. Yeah, per, I, uh, sure. I don't even, uh, man. But anyways, I... <laughs> I want uh, the the re- that's what makes that's what that rose makes me think of is like a dueling thing like it's like a a, a mum I don't know do we have anybody from the south here no oh, okay a mom? God where a is mom, Justin like I need Justin here yes the mum for like homecoming dances that no never mind move on um you mean the the boutonniere sh- that you put on. The, yeah, the flower but, that the men put on, they put no, it on their, no, their breasts. No, just, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna have okay, this conversation anyways. after the show. Uh, but anyways, it it just is like it reminds me a lot of something that they wear. Uh, you know, they it exactly what Bo was saying is that it's a wearable item. Um, but I don't think that's the rose that he is talking about in the cards because, like we nope, like but I said, because he, we we have pendants, we have um. Do we have uh, a bracelet or something? Uh, I remember seeing a pendant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For like artifacts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. have. We have but the only some other ones that you don't wear either. Like, yeah, like right Sagoth's now, they're... head. I don't. Think yeah, right I was gonna say just a Siva cluster that you get, but um, from the braid. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to be current. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, um. But I, I don't know. I always kind of interpreted that the rose was maybe the artifact, but was the item that is placed into the gun and that made it turn into Thorn. That it is the corrupted entity that not only corrupt, that to an extent corrupted Dredgen, because he's sitting there like really fixated mm-hmm. on it, but put it into his gun and that's what made it turn into Thorn. Oh, okay. Because see, that's, that's what, how I interpreted it. Right, and it was, I I always interpreted the embalming orb in the muzzle of the gun as the corrupting unit, because that's what we used it, on the necrochasm. That could be right, and that could also be what he considered the rose. I mean, think of I mean, like he's mm. looking at this rose. Like if you look at the ghost fragment thorn card, <gasps> and it says the rose, he's talking about how he's looking at it, and he's like, "It's a beautiful thing." And then all of a sudden, he looks down, and he realizes it has no petals. It's jagged in purpose of only angry thorns. And I always took for that is that it's now thorn, the gun. Hmm. That's how my brain translated that. I don't know if it's accurate. But it's yeah. not like you had an aha moment. There. I was just thinking, I, I just had like a random thought of growing a rose and embalming fluid. That could be what the, the artifact is. That's what, that's what I was like. It has nothing to do with really. And I don't know where that would go, but because the embalming orb is that vibrant, like that osmium green, you know, that sickly mm-hmm. green and the rose, mm-hmm. like, you know, bow and you know like what you were saying is it looks like a rose that's been hivey hiveness um mm-hmm. so I, radioactive I like, cabbage a radioactive cabbage it is fell winter's <laughs> lie he sold your he sold rezel a rose that was a radioactive <laughs> cabbage and it scrambled his brain and made him go to the moon or, I, or it's just a present for his love of uh, for the love of his life yes Zero. god man Curse you, fell winter, and your lies. Anyways, um, I'm trying to think. 
So yeah, uh, first curse as potentially the model for Thorn. Um, there's there's a lot of connections between first curse and uh, Re- again Rezel, just because because again that just that afterthought of his death, like it's a very it it's not a really like super obvious or super strong connection necessarily, but. It just, I don't, I don't know. It just feels like that is, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then there's a few other people who have really fun theories about yours identity. Um, I, I don't know why people won't let go of the your is Jaren Ward theory, but maybe it's because (sighs) of the class item. It's still there. Really? I think you all are insane. I love you. I've never, I've never, never, ever, ever. Go on, I've Rice. Never, Go on, No, Rice. I've heard it, but I, I've never, I've read the cards multiple times for both of them, and I've never in my mind read that Jaren Ward is dragging your. Okay, okay. Here, here's in fair, in all honesty. When I first read the cards, I was like, oh, that would be a cool, that would be a cool, uh, a cool trick, you know, very fight club ish of them to do. I could, I, and I remember having this conversation on, I think it was the episode 19. We we had this conversation and I was like, you know, it's possible. It's, it's a possible that they could pull this off. Um, okay. And then they, then they dropped the Rezzle cards. And then I was like, and then I started getting into the Rezzle cards and I was like, eh, no, I think this guy is, I, I think this guy is your, because again, at that point it was mostly because Rezzle was obsessed with hope and your was obsessed with hope, which before, before we knew Rezzle, the only connection to hope between your and anybody else was Crota, who is the eater of hope, um, who Zyor is a subordinate to, by the way. So that whole, you know, there's 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 not very many entities who are advertising their obsession with hope. Um, and then there's the whole, you know, argument on what class is your. Here's here. OK, here is my response to people who are arguing that Rezzle cannot be your because, quote, Rezzle is a Titan and your is a. Hunter slash warlock slash whatever. First off, remember, classes have everything to do with the philosophy of the approach of the manifestation of light in the world. It has nothing to do with anything else. It is entirely the philosophical approach to which a guardian uses their light on the world. Really, that's what it is. If you also understand that the summoning of your super energy is a ritual, um, which go to any of the podcasts that I was allowed to go off on this tangent, if you change any of those rituals, you will naturally change the summoning of the super energy or the manifestation of light that you are causing. So if you change the psychology and the philosophical standpoint of a guardian, Theoretically, by those definitions, you can transcend classes and guardians. You can have the same guardian become a blank, even though he was not a blank to begin with. He can X can equal Y in this situation. 
or even the class item could be a trophy for. Oh, and then then there's and then there's that not. argument as well. Yes. Then there is then there is the argument of Shin is a hunter. That could be the source of the hunter artifacts. Is it's Shin taking trophies? And the cloak mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a trophy. Dragon yours. We even see Saladin with uh, with a uh, with a cloak. Right. Well, and like uh, the cloak. Oh my god. Like just. I think you know as much as hunters love their cloaks. I I wear my racing scarf, so I don't have any love for any cloaks. But like, I'm like, yeah, you know, just for God's sake, just give them, give them. They're in the, they're on a mountain at this point. Give them some fur. Like, get, just give them, give them a hood. They're they're cold. They need it. They just, yeah. But hunters yes. have cloaks. <laughs> But Zur, Zur wears all the three class items: a cloak and a yeah, bond Zur, and Zur a, does. And a mm-hmm. towel. So, like a lot of people, a lot of people make the point that the Thorn cards have a warlock on it. Um, then the Thorn artifact or the 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 Yor artifacts are all hunters. Yes. Okay. Here's here's the other thing that you can think of. We now have proof that there are shadows of yore, and those shadows of yore could transcend class boundaries. So the cloak of Dredgen Yore doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be Dredgen Yore's cloak. It could be a yeah. shadow of yore who is saying, This is the cloak memory, of Dredgen Yore. In uh, memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um the hunter on that thorn card, that could be Veil. Vale. That doesn't have to necessarily be Dredgen Yore. Because technically speaking, the warlock or the the hunt the uh, no no it's a warlock the warlock on the thorn card is also wearing a dead orbit bond. That's not saying that dead orbit is a dredge in your faction. I actually, take umbrage that dead orbit would never do that. But <laughs> but I mean you know it's this thing is like. My understanding, and this is my understanding of classes, so, you know, entirely, whatever, but, you know, the manifestation of light energy is what really defines the class. Dredgen, uh, your, doesn't really manifest light. Yeah. He eats it. That's what I mean. He eats, he eats it. <laughs> so, so, you could uh, make an argument. Yeah. You can, he can summon a, a warlock super, maybe. right? I mean, you're making an argument there that he might not even have a class anymore. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't have a ghost anymore, and he's not really a guardian. Well, I guess yeah, he and do at this at that point, he wants, right? Yeah, at this point, he. I mean, yeah, in the final shape. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> It'll be interesting if they ever come out with any other artifacts around judging your for other classes besides a hunter. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's the thing is like, I mean, I guess the, the nail in the coffin, as far as the class argument is like, if, if thorn was something like ace of spades, you know, where only hunters could get thorn, you know, or something Mm -hmm. like that, then I'd be like, okay, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's not. And so no. I'm like, I don't. I don't know. I. I. I personally can't see. I. I think Rezel is dredging your. 
it makes to me it makes a lot more sense that Rezel is dredging Yor than Jaren Ward being dredging Yor or some Pajari. other Pajari. Pajari is the other one that I know. I I actually really yeah Pajari. I can see I can see Pajari simply because the visions of the Black Garden, um, the vision yeah. where he cuts himself with a thorn and he picks up the rose. Um, the rose that's shaped like a ghost. Like there, there's, there's, a, I can see that argument cause I've made that argument before, but again, with the new Rezzle cards, I just, I, and I know Bo had a couple things. Tossing. Yeah. Going, going back to the class items, um, and the uh, new cards, the new crucible cards, a warlock mentions that, uh, the fire team that's using thorn, they're all wearing, dark and intimidating uh, gear. If if you see a warlock with his bond, he's not that intimidating. Mm-hmm. Or a titan. But if you see a hunter with a dark lock covering his eyes, he's intimidating. So um, maybe maybe they all wear clocks after becoming uh, shadows of your... Mm-hmm. Well, and it, I mean, again, it's not... It's not like there's some law that says you can't wear a hood. They're all uh, hurt chain. Yes, they're there all, is. They're all <laughs> Mel. Oh, <whoa. laughs> I do Mel's not like, want to see is, a warlock this is against, wearing. This is against everything that I stand for. Warlocks cannot wear a hunter cloak. Like, that is just sacrilege. Okay. No. It doesn't, it doesn't go with their sundress. No, (laughs) and then wear a freaking bad poop cloak. So like, no, like they had their opportunity to be really cool and they lost it when they put on that stupid dress. So they do not get our really cool cloaks. Imagine, Uh, imagine the warlock, the uh, Osiris old helmet with the pointed ears and a cloak. For Halloween, festival yes. of Rose. <laughs> oh, fragilous laws say only hunters get hoods. See, see, t- see, Titans. Okay, they they can they have kind of their own little cloak going on their butts or in the front, like they kind of got their own butt cape. So, my my Titan Bros, they can have they can have a hood if they really need a hood and it's cold and they're standing on Thel Winter's Peak. But the Warlocks, no. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> you, you can't wear a cloak with a rope. Yeah, exactly. Oh it's sacred. It, you can't. You can't. Yeah. I'm a warlock. Can I say I can? <laughs> Thank you, Bo. See? See? Yeah, a, rope, a rope is more majestic. <laughs> it's more majestic than a, just a cloak. Oh well, I want to look cool and intimidating, so I don't wear a robe. Oh my god! Uh, have you seen Neo in the Matrix? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wore he's a dress. Classic. Yeah, he's a warlock. Guardian, guardian yeah. fashion with Mel. It's a new thing. Um, the last, <laughs> the last theory on yours identity. Oh my god! Is uh, the the theory that he could actually be Pehanin? Um, and this That's this a new is. One. This is yeah. This is an interesting one. Um, it it's an it's an interesting one because we know that your kills pancake, which is who I call 
pending. Um, we know we have we have a um, a card that says that he stole Pancake's light, right? Um, but and I think it was Rhino in chat who made this kind of comment, and um, it's like, what if what if in in his quote stealing his light, it was that that was what happened. Um, when he transformed, when he like converted, now it's kind of like a really far out there because we know from the new Rezel card that yeah, hurt just threw this in, uh, hurt <laughs> threw it in the chat. Um, we know that what happened to Rezel or what happened to Rezel was before Vault of Glass, which it, again it kind of fits more in, but um, yeah. And, those are those um, are the current theories. Your your happened before before the walls came up. Am I correct? Um, I think it was maybe. after because Rezel helped build the walls around the Rezel city. helped build the walls, and Palamon like they knew of the city. Um, but it, I I want to I would argue that it would be. It would be around the time that the city was still somewhat new. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenging, the challenging thing with the Rezel cards is how does it fit in with the Iron Lords? Yeah, um, because it's, a problem. it's no, I know it's it's such <laughs> a frustrating problem trying to mesh those two. Um, and I kind of had this conversation too. There was there was a comment in Thorn Three about despair. And uh, I was talking to, who was I talking to? I think I was talking to Dragon, Handsome Dragon from the Destiny Lorecast. And you know, I was, I kind of, I was kind of talking to him, and I was like, you know, what is, what is this despair that Res, you know, not Resel, your, um, keeps like kind of talking about? And it's like, what if the despair, like this despair of like, it's just nothing ever changes. You know, he kind of just goes on this little tirade about like, nothing changes. We do all this and this stuff just keeps happening. And you know, the people die, people will always die blah, and all this. And it's like, what war if that was never ending? Yeah. War. Yeah. The war is never ending, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what if that was the fall of the iron Lords? What if that's what happened was mm. they, they all them? died. And that's what it was like. He was just finally the final straw for Rezel, who we already knew had doubts. But that was kind of like the, the final. He was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, <what> I, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to the moon. You can't follow me. <laughs> it's like. It, you can't no. sit with me on the moon. No, stay here. <laughs> no. You go to your walls and you stay there. It's like, you just stay. I'm going to the moon. No, I, I mean, and so. I, I just I did want to mention that, uh, and of course you know I have to I have to acknowledge that the Osiris connection. Uh, in I made this comment on the Weapons of Sorrow episode, or maybe maybe it was this nineteen. It was nineteen or twenty three, but I did make the comment the Mark of the Devourer perk on thorn and i haven't seen it on year three thorn because i don't have a year three thorn um and i haven't looked at it but the year one thorn if you look at the icon on the mark of the devour it's very similar to a symbol for uh i think it's a mitt 
Amit. Basically, it's a crocodile-like figure from Egyptian mythology, or yeah, Egyptian mythology. Um, he was the basically the entity that the souls of the dead were fed to if they were not found worthy of entrance into Aru from the trials of Mott, uh, which was the trial where you put your your heart on a scale, and I think it was a feather that there was weighed against. And if the scales didn't even out, uh, it was you were not worthy. So basically, you weren't you weren't pure. Um, it was also the trials uh, that Osiris was uh, over, or he looked over. So they were trials yeah, of Osiris. Yeah. Um, oh yes, there's a game type of trials of Osiris. Fun fact: if you were found worthy in the trial of Maat, you were purified by passage through a flame island kind of like mercury um where they experience the triumph over evil and the rebirth in a rue so you know if you go flawless you get to walk through a very bright shining cutscene. um so you're being purified on an island of flame womp womp a vex Mm. island of flame yeah a vex yeah Mm. way to ruin it Bo. the vex are (laughs) everywhere So, yeah, Osiris that, is everywhere. Not Osiris is everywhere too. So you know, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, never mind. We're not going down that path. Um, ba, 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 ba. I think that's everything I have down. Um, again, be sure. Well, I'll talk about it in the shout out. But you guys got anything else for the new lore on Thorn or Dredge? Yeah, um, I think. This is my theory. Uh, you're as pain. Oh, good lord. Good lord. I'm <laughs> done. I'm just... Ah! Blue's right. dead. You killed him. Oh, my god. No, you did that at the beginning... You did that at the beginning of the show, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Shadows of your... The Someone has to represent pain. Someone oh has to represent god. pain. Are you now going to go to the shadows of Yor and like the Dark Islander on? Is like there's no hope. There's oh god! Pain. Oh god! Are you alone? Stop it! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right. Oh god! I don't even know how to shout outs. Let's do shout outs before Bo kills all of us. <laughs> with with pay it. Oh, Bo, do you got any you have any shout outs you wanna Um yeah, shout out to my clan um and the lore community the the Destiny lore community as a whole. I've never seen a, a lore community that's that discuss a game's lore or a game's story this much. Uh I've been in the the um, zombie code uh, community, the story about the zombies, and I've been in the Dark Souls community, but they're nothing like the Destiny community. It's it's amazing. The story of Destiny is amazing. Yeah, and the Dark Souls games are good lord. That extra lord Those podcast. Those are heavy. That extra lore podcast. <laughs> we lost it at the Mimic. The Mimic and Leroy. That was our undoing. <laughs> There's a paladin. Leroy. 
in I I'm not even gonna go in do it. It's it made me so happy. Um do you have anything else, sir? No, that's it. All right. Well, I'll take it from there. Um, I wanted to give a big shout out and kind of a reminder. We are going to be doing a, and I, uh, you know, those of you who are around before the stream or the podcast started up, heard Mel. We're going to be doing a podcast, or I guess stream podcast on Friday because Friday is actually our one year anniversary. I don't. Is there, is there a word for that? So. As a result of that, that kind of feeds into my next shout out, which is to Dustin Griffith, uh, amazing, amazing individual. Uh, you'll note when we sign off that there's going to be a change in the sign off, and I don't, I don't know necessarily how how influential this change is going to transfer, but this this episode especially, we're gonna we're gonna change up the mm-hmm. the sign out. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. let Mel take over for me okay so um one shout out i want to do is that the awesome ladies over at the dames of destiny are going to be hosting their annual breast cancer awareness and charity stream um oh it's over on their twitch which is twitch.tv dames underscore of underscore destiny um and the event is going to be october 29th and 30th um it's gonna be 12 hours each day starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, ending at 2 a.m. Eastern each day. Um, we're gonna, I know they're going to be streaming some really spooky games in the night, so if you guys want some spooky games at night to get scared because it's kind of Halloween weekend, that is your chance. Um, probably going to be some Destiny in there, but it's awesome. Everything is going to the breast cancer awareness stuff, so please check it out. Again, Dames of Destiny. Um, yeah, but um, other than that, I don't really have any other shout-outs. So blue. Perfect. Um, real quick on that. If you haven't already for the month of October, shift to a pink shader. It's oh, just a, I a wear way, pink all the time. It's just so, a way that know. we we did that. I did that back when I was in dad's. We we did that like the year one and I just kind of stuck. Uh, we we do that all the time. Um, but yes, with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focus fire chat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Bo, for jumping into the chat. We really appreciate having you on and hope to get you back again sometime soon. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. I will be reading some of the emails that we did get um, on Friday's podcast uh, just simply because I couldn't fit it into this one. But for next week, let's do some feedback on Thorn. I want to hear people's I want to hear people's theories or their thoughts on the theories that we discussed tonight. Uh, if you get a chance, please email us those so that I can kind of I'll try to give I'll try to work in a segment start going forward where we kind of give some feedback area 
we can read some of this stuff. But we do try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat, starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at Focus Fire Chat. Also, please be sure to check out our partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. That's awesome.